Welcome to NWFA's Real Answers podcast series with me, Michael Martin, president of NWFA and past chairman, Chris Zizza, president of CNR Flooring in Boston. What's up? How are you? I'm good. We're in Las Vegas at the TICE event services this week with a special guest for us today, Craig Dupre, president of Installers Warehouse, a distributor in Rochester, New York, and our current chairman of the board for the NWFA. So we're going to talk a little bit today about the future. Um, and what the product category is going to look like moving forward. So, Craig, you want to tell us a little bit about having been doing this a long time, so 38 years in the business. What have you seen change? What What do you want to share with us about your journey? No, it's been a long journey. Been in the business for 38 years, 24 years as an install, sand and finish contractor up in Rochester, New York. Been a long time in the trenches before I finally came to my senses and um, got off my knees and uh, and moved into a little different type of business now. So tremendous changes. I mean, in the old days, it was all two and a quarter, was all unfinished, and uh, we used a manual power, power nailer to knock it in. So uh, things have changed dramatically, and they seem to be changing at an m- even faster pace uh, in the last couple of years. So big changes the move from unfinished to pre-finished, uh, the move from solid to engineered. And now we're seeing a lot of look-alike products coming into the marketplace and challenging wood floors dominance in the floor covering space. So how do you see that making the marketplace different for wood? Well, it's changing dramatically, frankly, Michael. And, um, and you know, I've been concerned about it. I love our product category. I love all of the things about wood that make it special, make it beautiful, environmentally correct. Uh, We've got so many advantages in our industry. But the lookalike products are getting to the point now where consumers, even if they don't prefer them, are selecting them uh, more and more often in the marketplace. And so I think as an industry, we're challenged now to recognize that we've got a significant competitor in the market and we have to rise up to meet that challenge and communicate the advantages of our product category and the wood that we all know and love uh, so that the consumer has all the information to make really good choices. So let me jump in here. Um, When you talk about everything changing over the years, uh, it, it's remarkably accurate when, when, you know, like you said, there w- wasn't even a pneumatic nailer. Uh, we closed out with cut nails and you know, when I started truth be told, we didn't even use table saws. We used circular saw to, to do your rip strip, rip, rip strips at the end. Technology changed to make our work easier and better. And we embrace that. And now this new technology is making certain floors, what appear to be easier and better and as contractors, the task is going to be, when, when you speak about an advantage, talk to the client about the advantage. Hey, the advantage of hardwood is that it's actual value. It actually adds dollars and cents to, you, to your property. The advantage of that luxury vinyl is going to be uh, you know, a wearability issue, a moisture issue. There's going to be places where it's going to fit. But the professional contractor has to teach the consumer why the wood and where put the wood. So that's where I get off on the on the whole advantage side. Speak about the advantages of real wood. Yeah, I totally agree. And and we have we have the blessing of being the preferred floor covering. 
when people have a choice uh, where dollars and cents are not involved, they will select wood flooring almost every single time. So we come into the fight with a real advantage in the marketplace, but we have to communicate that. And uh, what what I'm seeing, what we're recommending to our customers and what I think is going to work moving into the future is understanding that wood flooring is a luxury item. You know, we've got an advantage in that we do have the preferred category. And what I recommend to our guys is, is that as a luxury product moving into the future, wood flooring is actually going to become even more of a value-added category. But in order to be able to deliver that, you're going to have to really take your game to another level. And quite often we see guys come in and, you know, their pants are torn, their shirt is torn. Uh, they're not presenting a, a luxury-forward approach to the marketplace. So if you're going to have success in upselling wood flooring, which is where we're all going to go with this eventually, if you're going to have success, you have to make sure that you match your presentation to the customer, both in terms of physical appearance, but also in the way you present your company, your trucks, uh, your tools, the way you conduct yourself on the job site. All of that has to match up with the expectation of the consumer that they're purchasing a luxury product from someone who has the expertise to install and finish that product in a way commensurate to the value that it's adding to their home. I want to jump in here. Um, it was a couple sentences ago, but it made a ton of sense. And that was, if you walk in, you're right, the torn jersey, the camo shorts, I get it, it's comfortable, but you're right. What, what are you selling? You're selling a service at the highest end. And you really should, it, you know, uniforms can be so different. You know, we're pretty standard. Sanders are wearing T-shirts, but they've got a logo. Uh, if they're meeting with clients, they're wearing a collared golf shirt. Long pants, short pants, I don't care, but they shouldn't be cutoffs. You want to parallel what you're selling. And you want to sell low-end product? Then don't worry about it. Wear a Jesus Saves an iParty T-shirt and sell vinyl. Um, I really believe in being the highest level professional you can be. And that was a great way to put it. And so when you go in and you sell an upgraded value product like hardwood floors, look like a professional. Yeah, quite often we get customers that will come in and they'll say they've been a little slow or, or they're, they're, they've gone out on 10 estimates and they haven't gotten a single job. And, you know, as gently as I can, I want to encourage them to find a way to put a best foot forward. I, uh, I attended a seminar last year, a body language seminar, and I really thought it was fascinating because most of the selling of wood flooring, at least in my experience, has been from the contractor to a female client. And whether we choose to recognize it or not, typically there's a disparity between the size, the stature, the strength of the male contractor and the female who's contracting for the work recognizing that and how you position yourself both in terms of the language that you use and the way that you even hold your body communicates volumes to someone who might subconsciously be threatened simply by the disparity between the male and the female in that equation. And 95% of the customers that I dealt with as a contractor 
were uh, female, and they were the ones making the decisions. So there's there's just so many areas as wood flooring professionals where there's an opportunity to take your game to another level. And if we're going to be competitive, as the commodity end of our business goes away, the days of installing two common, two and a quarter red oak, and then doing what we like to refer to as a rough and buff with a couple of coats of polyurethane on it, are really over with in most of the country. And if people are going to continue to purchase high-dollar wood floors, they're going to want to buy them from somebody that demonstrates professionalism and expertise. Body language you mentioned. Um, I'm familiar with that. And uh, for, you, for you guys out there that might not be familiar or never even gave it any thought, when they're talking to you about something they want and you already know in your head it's not going to work, so you're standing in the kitchen selling a hardwood floor and you start hearing things from the customer that you don't like and then you fold your arms. <laughs> By the way, folding your arms is a subconscious no, we're not going to do that. And the consumer sees that, so don't do that. When you, It's taking a stance. And I was taught that by one of my business coaches many years ago. And it, it's funny to hear you bring it up. It's exactly accurate. Uh, keep your hands out of your pocket. Don't fold your hand. Don't fold your arms across your chest and start, you know, holding your ground. You have to think about how to lead the consumer to make the right decision, not just in what products to pick, but also the process you're going to do it in. And if you do it in a welcoming way, you're going to get the job. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, I was very very fortunate and blessed in my career to at least recognize some of these things subconsciously. And I know in my interactions with Chris, he runs his contracting company in a way very similar to how I used to run our contracting company. And uh, it's not a big deal to invest in your people. It's not expensive. It bears real dividends. It's not expensive to perf uh, put forth a real uniform look where the guys are clean and their shirts are clean and they're well-labeled, all of that kind of thing instills a sense of confidence on the part of the consumer so that they're going to feel good about investing in you for the investment in their home. And, and uh, along with that, one of the things I, I did want to bring up today was, was the whole soft skills end of our business. And, and quite often when we interact with even some of the most talented wood flooring professionals that we uh, interact with over the course of the year, many people believe that, that having an extremely high level of expertise of and by itself is all they need to have success in the marketplace. And I will tell you as a contractor, I think I was a very good wood flooring contractor, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I was a great wood floor contractor because I don't think I was. What I do think, however, I did very well was the soft skills end of it. I returned phone calls in a timely manner. I showed up for appointments on time. And when we did get the job, we would show up five to 10 minutes within the time frame that we said we were going to be there. And those kinds of things of and by themselves, from my perspective, were more valuable in the marketplace than whether my ability to sand and finish your floor was exceeding your ability to sand and finish that floor. And I will freely admit that there are several guys that we do business with now 
that I competed with as a contractor that are better at that than I was. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have more success. You can't just be great at your craft and then at the same time, you know, if you pardon me, but be a jackass. Um, they're, they're out there. And the truth is, if you're good at the business side of it, um, you don't have to be pompous. You don't have to be a know-it-all, but you do want a service. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that, you know, I, I admire some of the work that like a Lenny Hall does. And I got guys that do great work, but they're not doing Lenny Hall's work. They're not, they're not at that level. But you know what? I don't try to sell that level either. Um, I sell at the level we can perform, and I try and be the best professional I can. I think that's fantastic advice, Craig. Yeah, no, I, I'm certain I'm not qualified to even carry Lenny Hall's big machine up the stairs. But well, I don't think Lenny carries it either, by the way. <laughs> Michael, any other questions? No, I have no more questions about Lenny Hall. Um, <clears throat> but I do have a question for you as we talk about the, the transition. What does that look like to you of taking hardwood flooring from a commodity market into a luxury market. And, you know, obviously that's where we need to be selling um, and, and be focused on. And how do we, how do we help that as an association? How do we help uh, make for sure that we're, we're providing that training that makes people be professional in the field? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And you know, what we have um, two businesses that we run. One is our local distribution business and the other one is a, a curated wood flooring distributor to the independent interior designer. And one of the things that my son and my wife quite often say that if you're going to sell a luxury product, you need to sell it through a luxury channel. And again, the reinforcement of, of, of what we talked about earlier and what Michael just said was the NWFA is uniquely positioned to provide anyone within the channel, whether it's a manufacturer, a distributor, a contractor, retailer, designer, all different member types they're uniquely positioned to, to bring together and provide all different levels of training, of access to information about product. Uh, all of these things you need to avail yourself of because this new marketplace, I believe, will leave anyone who does not want to progress or get better, they're going to leave you behind. And if you're older like I am now, where I think next year the government says they might start paying me, which is an exciting thing. If you're older, you're not as concerned about it. But if you're a younger person in our industry now, you really are going to have to take your game to another level. And I don't know of any other organization that has got the resources or the ability to provide those things to you other than the NWFA. So I would recommend to everybody, and I've got a lot of really good wood flooring contractors that do business with us now that don't really avail themselves of that resource, and they're going to find themselves off the back, and they're going to get further and further off the back if they don't invest in the training and the exposure that they're going to need to move their business to the next level. So the crystal ball says higher level, higher performance, higher quality, all of those things are, are what's in front of you. I'm like Craig, I've, uh, AARP has sent me a few correspondence in the mail. So I'm close 
not at the end of my career, but I'm getting there. And I'm less concerned about where this industry is going to be 15 years from now. But if I were 25, I'd be paying attention and I'd be trying to strive for the future. I look back on my beginning when I left Aldovagentic Hardwood Floors. And then several years later, we're going dustless. Aldo's 40 years in the business at that time. I'm the first company in New England to offer dustless floor sanding uh, through evacuation. I'm innovative at that moment, and I'm asking the guys that are still working for Aldo, hey, are you guys going dustless? I can tell you right now the answer then was no, and the answer two years ago when Aldo Vagentic Flooring went out of business, that they never went dustless. If you don't embrace what's going to happen in the future of our industry, you will be like Aldo, unfortunately. Yeah, we see a lot of that. You know, every time we introduce a, a new piece of equipment, a new finishing system, uh, some new form of wood flooring that maybe they've not been exposed to before, we get a lot of pushback. And um, I get it. You know, as a contractor, I did do some innovative things, but I probably wasn't as proactively innovative as I could have been. And, but I think I also had the luxury of riding quite a bit of a time when things didn't change a whole lot. That was a good part of my career. And now I'm seeing things change at an ever-quickening pace. And, and we do get a lot of people who are saying that the lookalike products might not be great, but they're good enough. And always makes me sad uh, when they make that selection because I know that product is going to end up in a dumpster sooner or later. And we live in a part of the Northeast where we have houses that are 200 years old that still have the original wood floors of one form or another still in them. And, that, and that's a story that everybody recognizes, I think, subliminally. But I don't think we do a good enough job as an industry uh, – Blowing our own horn. Hey, uh, you know, it's interesting. You want to talk about longevity. Uh, we, a couple of years ago, did the floors in Paul Revere's house. The originals, we resanded them. All right, think about that for a second. I, uh, I knew Paul. <laughs> yeah. No, but th the truth is, in Boston Market, we're still sanding Back Bay. These floors are 100 years old. And uh, what was the thing you said to us? We had lunch earlier today, guys, and uh, Craig had an interesting thing about a straw. Oh, uh, actually, this came from Michael. Do you want to tell the story, Michael? Because I don't want to step on it. It was your saying. No, no, that's the. the that's you were fine. pretty Go concerned, ahead. Mike. You you took credit for it right away. Well, I'm going to give credit to Michael, <laughs> but what he what he said, and I'd heard it from someone else as well. That it was it was really clever. They said we're spending all this time worrying about the plastic straw in our drink. And you'll go out there and put a couple thousand feet of plastic in your house. And, and I will acknowledge that in certain circumstances, that type of flooring is, is actually not a bad choice uh, given all of the other parameters in those people's lives. But everybody needs to recognize that that lookalike flooring is destined for a dumpster sooner probably than later. And uh, you know, my son came up to me the other day and he goes, Dad, it's, it's just carpet. I said, what do you mean it's just carpet? I said, it's not carpet. And he said, oh, it's just carpet. It's made out of oil, and it's going to end up in a dumpster. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it's just smooth carpet. 
So wanted to just let you guys know what we're thinking because we love we love this industry. I love wood. I love the association, you know, the National Wood Flooring Association. I uh, I love everything about this industry and these products. And we really want to see the future continue to be as great for us as the past has been, and maybe even better if we can all rise to the occasion and meet the challenge of these lookalike products. Anything else, Michael? Yeah, well, one of the things I wanted to touch on uh, before we, we wrap up is that, you know, you have a very unique experience having been a manufacturer. You worked for a manufacturer at one point. You've been a contractor. Now you're a distributor. Now you have an online retail uh, segment of your business. So, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of things that you've done or you've seen change. As we move forward, and you, you know, we're looking at the next group of people coming in through NWFA, what is the what would you give them as the one piece of advice that that would see you through those 38 years? Yeah, that's a great question, Michael. Thank you. Yeah, I, I I may be a little unique in that I've managed to spend some time in in all four of the member segments over the course of my career. Uh, what I would recommend to anybody new in this business is to be open to new things and changes. And I love the people in this industry. But there's a strong vein of wanting to hold on to the way things have always been. And these new challenges in the lookalike products have been so disruptive. And we were joking at lunch today. I said, you know, the dinosaurs got disrupted right after that meteorite hit. But they didn't necessarily know it. I think we all know that there's been a disruption in our industry. And my recommendation to new people would be to get on board with the NWFA because it's going to make all of the technical information readily available and facilitate your networking, which is one of the best things that happens in our industry is the way that we collaboratively interact to share techniques, information, and all that type of thing. I'd recommend that. The other thing I would really recommend going along with that is be thinking about what's coming next. Don't desperately try to hold on to what used to work because it's going to pass us all by, but the opportunities out there for tremendous success for our industry if we just grab a hold of it and steer it in the right direction. You know, um, it's funny. You think, you know, video killed the radio star. I don't want to hear from, you know, my peers in the industry saying, oh, I went out of business because of vinyl. There's no reason for that. Elevate your game, stay current with what we have available for us, and educate your consumer on why would. Well, that's great, guys. I think that's a good place for us to stop this particular series on this podcast series. So thanks for being with us today, Craig. Thanks for being with us, Chris. Uh, good luck, and we'll talk to you again soon. Happy thanks, to be Michael. here. Have a great day.